Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. As a small business owner, you deserve more. More confidence, more connectivity, more of the tools that help your business thrive. And at Cox Business, you can expect more from us. We don't just have sales reps. We have perfect plan identifiers. People who will work with you to make sure your business gets everything it needs and nothing that it doesn't. Your business deserves more, and that's why you can expect more from Cox Business. Call 800-526-8572 to switch today. Shows underway with our first men's basketball show of the season and head coach Greg Marshall. The Shockers will play their exhibition game against Northeastern State from Tahlequah, Oklahoma tomorrow night at Charles Koch Arena and then get the season underway on the earliest date ever by far one week from tomorrow night, November 5th, when the Shockers open up against Omaha of the Summit League. And we'll be talking about uh, this new Shocker team and heading into a new season as we get the new year underway. And then following our discussion with Coach Marshall, our first women's basketball coaches show of the season with Steve Strain and Keitha Adams. And then we'll round out the evening with what has become our regular Monday night show through the fall, our discussion of Shocker volleyball with head coach Chris Lamb. And that will be our schedule for a couple of weeks. I'll just mention down the road there will not be any coaches shows on November the 11th because there is a women's basketball game at Oral Roberts that night and that will be taking up the space on the airwaves that we would normally have for these shows. So this week and next week it'll be men's basketball, women's basketball and volleyball in that order and then the following week no coaches shows and then we'll get back to all three on Monday, November the 18th. But AJ Sports Grill at the Alley, where you have been used to us being for some time now, uh, will be our host for, uh, for these shows, of course, throughout the season. So Wichita State getting ready to start a basketball season for the earliest ever. I, hadn't even, I haven't had a chance to check yet on what's been the earliest previously. Of course, there never used to be anything that happened before Thanksgiving weekend, and it's gotten earlier and earlier every year. And this year, and that's not just Wichita State. It will be across the nation, uh, all of college basketball getting underway next week. Uh, interesting little tidbit for you while we wait for Coach Marshall. Uh, I saw that Virginia, the defending national champion, will open at Syracuse the following night, Wednesday, November 6th. For whatever reason, the ACC felt like its league needed even more exposure, and so they scheduled some conference games right off the bat this year, season openers in the conference. And so Virginia will play at Syracuse. That was actually scheduled before last year's NCAA tournament, and because of that scheduling, Virginia will be the first defending NCAA champion to open a season on the road in 52 years. The last time UCLA went to Purdue to open the 1967-68 season, that was John Wooden's alma mater, and he had a pretty good little center named 
Lou Alcindor, later Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, so he wasn't scared to go anywhere and play. But ever since then, no defending national champion has ever opened its schedule on the road the following year. Virginia will do that next week on November 6th. The Shockers will open at home against Omaha. Their second game of the year will be with Texas Southern. The Shockers will play a couple of more times at home before heading to Cancun on Thanksgiving week. An interesting part of this year's Shocker schedule is that they will play the two games in Cancun the week of Thanksgiving, and then they have one other early December road game at Oklahoma State, and those are their only non-conference road games this year. So you're going to get to see a lot of the Shockers at home in the early going, and, uh, and then certainly, of course, the American Conference schedule will again be uh, somewhat unbalanced. They won't play everyone twice, just as the schedule has been in the past. And uh, who plays who once or twice is determined by how you're projected to finish in the standings where they think you will end up. But we are joined now by Shocker head coach Greg Marshall heading into season 13 with Wichita State, and I just have to wonder if that number ever hit you a little bit, and you're going, can it be that long, or I certainly didn't think I'd ever be here this long, or whatever. Every morning when I look at my hairline, <laughs> it reminds me of how, how long I've been coaching, and how long I've been coaching here, and uh, I was a young man when I came here, Mike, <laughs> but um, no, it's been, a, it's been a fun 12 years. Um, we've um, we got a group that uh, is looking to make 13 pretty special, but you know, our, our scrimmage yesterday wasn't great. We spent a lot of time in video today and kind of showed them the, the do's and don'ts. And uh, I feel like we're going to play really well tomorrow and uh, just got a lot of faith in this group. I wanted to ask you a little bit first about last year because it was a really unique situation beyond losing a bunch of seniors kind of a perfect storm with some other guys and you start the year with as inexperienced a team as there was in the country and when you look at how you finished was it a case was the the biggest thing that happened this group the young guys finally coming to grips with the importance of what you'd been trying to teach them all along the the things that have been such an important part of this program for you. well i think we did start to defend and rebound better i mean the numbers bear out that um uh we didn't shoot it much better uh, we still shot low 30s from three and not very great not very good overall uh, free throw shooting was okay but what we did was we stopped turning the ball over. We eliminated four turnovers on average from, in those last 18 games, from 16, I think, to 12. And uh, our defensive numbers, our defense, field goal percentage, uh, our rebounding defensively uh, on the missed shots for the opposition, and just the points allowed per game uh, were, were dramatically different and better. And... You know, you can still win shooting those percentages that we shot when you defend and rebound on a nightly basis. And uh, I hate to say this, but that's what we kind of harped on today in video with the Nebraska scrimmage. Nebraska's more inexperienced than we were last year. Uh, so the mayor, Fred Hoiberg, uh, uh, Doc Sadler, who's back now as an assistant coach, and the rest of their staff, uh, they have some work to do because of just their l lack of experience i mean no one it seems played for the new coach and then you, then you add in a new coach but um, you know they're going to fight and they're going to claw but they're not really good right now and we weren't really good either on saturday so 
we just, you know, we, we, we showed them this is not going to do it. We're going to have to do better in defensive transition in terms of taking care of the basketball, in terms of guarding the basketball one-on-one. So I know Mark Downey's team uh, from – uh, is going to come in. Uh, he was a GA when I was the assistant at Marshall University. We talked today, and they're going to do the two things that we need the most. They're going to s- sprint it up in transition, try to blow it up and beat the defense before it gets set, and then do a lot of dribble drive and just come right at you uh, very aggressively on the offensive end, and we're going to have to move our feet and communicate and be in great position and, and fight like heck to, to keep them you know, out of that paint. You know, and talking about the benefits gained from, from last year was maybe the biggest thing you gained out of that NIT experience, the fact that you won three tough games on the road against very good teams by doing the things we were just talking about. As you said, you really never shot the ball a whole lot better last year, but you were able to grind out some tough road victories. Yeah, we were. We won in some tough places, you know, at Indiana, at Clemson. Uh, at Furman. Furman was one of the best wins we had all year. That was a great Furman team last year with a tons of experience and very good coach, Bob Ritchie. Um, yeah, we just we, we learned what it took, uh, especially to win on the road. And that's to be a little – you have to be a little gnarly. You have to be a tough-minded. It's not physical toughness. And, and I talked to the team about this today. It's not uh, can you take a punch. Hopefully there's going to be no punches thrown in our season this year. Uh, but how disciplined are you mentally to sprint back in transition every time, get your butt to the baseline so that you see the, the stampede heading right towards you and you're able to verbally give your teammates exactly what they need to do and what you need to do in order to stop that initial onslaught? One other thing, uh, Marcus McDuffie, with all the points and rebounds he collected in three-point baskets, you feel like maybe his greatest legacy will be being that one guy last year that had ever played much and taking on a role that was unfamiliar to him, being a leader and in turn teaching some of these guys now how to lead. Without a doubt. And, 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 I, and I thanked him profusely, and I was uh, constantly praising he and Samaje for what they did from a leadership perspective. And the biggest thing that they did was not abandon the ship. They didn't just start throwing these young kids under the bus when, when we, a lot of times we all felt like that's what we needed to do, but that was, they showed more character than that. They, they were constantly being constructive yet positive. And um, Marcus had never had to do that. Uh, and he was by far, uh, our, he was our only really experienced player. The previous year, I think Samaje played 200 minutes, but not a whole lot down the stretch. Um, and then our third most experienced player was Asbjorn with 48 minutes. So as a freshman, it was Marcus's team. And he is the link for, from the, the past, the, the great teams that we've had in the past, to hopefully the great teams that we're going to have in the future. We will continue with Greg Marshall from AJ's Sports Grill at the Alley on our first Shocker Basketball Coaches Show of the season. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show, our first of the season as the Shockers get ready to play their exhibition game tomorrow night against Northeastern State of Oklahoma and then next week open the season for real against Omaha. Coach, I was thinking as we uh, transitioned from last year into this that it was kind of a unique year for you personally from the standpoint you played in Charleston's tournament 
early in the season. Then you go back to South Carolina to play Furman and Clemson in the NIT, so renewed a lot of old acquaintances, former players, coaches, friends. And then the TBT comes to Wichita in the summer, and a lot of your former players from here back, and you had a chance to just be a spectator and watch them play and watch them get all that love and adoration from their old Shocker fans. You know, we had, Mike, we had no idea. We knew we were going to play in Charleston, so we played three games in one of the, my most favorite cities in the, in the world, uh, a place where my, I went, met my wife, a place where my, my wife and my daughter uh, went to college, um, so we, we really love Charleston and, and it was my decision to play in that tournament. Um, did not know that we would be taking such a, a young team there. So we, we went one and two, I believe. Um, but then to go back in the NIT, um, Furman, 45 minutes, 50 minutes from where I grew up, um, with, all kinds of family there, and it happened to be the 500th victory that I've been associated with as a head coach. Um, then to go back a couple days later, stay in the same hotel in Greenville, play Clemson, which was obviously the, one of the two big universities there in the state where, where I spent my childhood and much of my adult life, you know, eight years as a assistant coach at the College of Charleston, nine years as a head coach at Winthrop. So that's 17 years of my professional life, not to mention my childhood. So uh, it was tremendous. We get to go to Indiana and, and win there. Um, but the TBT was the first time that I've been able to sit back in the stands and enjoy the fervor and the passion and the love of Shocker Nation for, in this case, former players, not even current Shockers, but to see the energy in that building and to, to have no stress on me other than wanting my guys to play well was tremendous. And I had a lot of fun with those two games. I wish they could have won that regional and, and moved on. But, you know, not having Joe Raglan and Teray Murray and Jaquel Cotton uh, that's a pretty good backcourt sitting on the side with injuries. And I, I mentioned this is 13 years here, and you just mentioned all those other stops. I'm sure as you go along that those kinds of things become even more important, those relationships and guys coming back and, and having a chance to reunite with all those people. You know, one of the coolest things that happened all, all of the whole deal was J.T. Durley, who came back for the TBT, profusely telling everyone that, we changed his life and because there were times where I didn't know if we were going to be able to even make an impact at all. Uh, he was a tough bird and he was admittedly lazy and we had our run-ins um, and I'm probably a tough coach to, for him to deal with, uh, it, it just especially a lazy guy, but for anyone, you know, I'm going to push your buttons and try to get the best out of you on and off the court. And, and JT was a hard nut to crack and, um, He's doing very, very well, but I mean, he was overboard on how coming here was the right thing for him, and he needed that, and uh, it's really helped him in his, in his personal life and his professional life. I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to say it has to be pretty gratifying 
there is no secret. You're a tough coach to play for. You're, you're not an easy guy. You can't be thin-skinned to play for you. And yet, these guys come back and talk about Zach Brown, a guy who, uh, who certainly thought you were pretty tough. He's made comments about some of the things he learned from you will be important to him when he starts raising a family and so forth. That's what I want to see. I just want them to be the best that they can be on and off the court. And I'm pretty direct and pretty honest. Um, so... You know, we talked about that today. I said, listen, I'm just trying to keep you from having to experience Louisiana Tech last year, okay? And Eric Stevenson today spoke up and he goes, coach told us last year some of the same things he's telling us now, and we didn't listen. And by the time we figured it out, we were one in six in conference and had lost to Louisiana Tech and others, and we were eight and 11 overall, and it was too late. Please understand what he's saying now so that it doesn't come back to bite you later. Don't have to you know, put your hand on the hot stove because you've been told not to do it to learn your lesson. And, and I know that having said all those things, your assistants go out and when they're recruiting, they'll tell recruits, this is how Coach Marshall is. This is what to expect you got to be tough enough to handle it, but he will make you better as a player and a person. And I know that you have some recruits in this class, one in particular I heard about, that welcomed the fact that he was going to be pushed and challenged to be as good as he can be. Yeah, we bring them in for practice. I mean, we want them to see it because we don't want to um, hide anything. We want them to understand that they're going to be pushed. They're going to be loved off the court. You know, there's going to be a lot of time that we're going to spend with them personally and we're going to care for them, and we're going to want them to be successful ultimately. That's what the whole thing boils down to, just trying to – and my, my son probably would say the same thing. You know, my dad's pretty tough on me, but, you know, if, if, you, if you listen, you're going to, you're going to make, not make the bad choices. It's not, making, it's not about making the spectacular play or the wonderful choice. It's about minimizing the dumb ones. This class uh – Certainly an important class, your, your second year of actually recruiting since you got into the American, and do you feel like being in this conference is starting to have some benefit in terms of reception that you're getting from them? I think so. I think this is a, a very talented group. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we've had a couple of them banged up. Uh, Noah, Noah Fernandez has missed eight weeks. Um, I guess he's the only freshman. Uh, Mo is out with a concussion right now. Uh, he had been coming back pretty well from the shoulder surgery last year, but he's a sophomore. And then the unfortunate thing is the worst thing that came out of Saturday was Jamie Ichinike tried to take a charge and he fell back. His left hand, there's a fracture there, so he's going to miss about four weeks, maybe a little longer, but there's no surgery needed. And um, so we're, we're down three scholarship players currently. This, uh, this group, um, and... You have a group of guys now, I think I counted seven or eight players that played in at least 30 games last year. So you put that up experience up against where you started last year, a huge difference. But from everything I've heard and seen, this new group came in and started pushing the veteran guys right from the beginning. So there was certainly never any feeling of, well, now I earned this from last year. And uh, they, they can feel that the, the job is not theirs unless they get better. No, they, they, yeah, they definitely know that because this is a talented group. I mean, our, our group last year was talented, but they, they probably started a little slower in terms of understanding everything that it took to be successful at this level of college basketball. Uh, I, I think the freshman group, 
are equally as talented, but understand that a little better walking in the door, especially Grant Sherfield, uh, especially Tyson Etienne, and Noah Fernandez. Uh, the two forwards, I was very impressed with uh, DeAnthony Gordon in the scrimmage. Joseph at Belial is another kid who's a little banged up. I mean, he's got a laundry list of problems, including a shoulder, shin, and great toe, the big toe. So, it, I mean, it's almost painful to watch him try to go hard sometimes. So uh, until he gets fully healthy, he's going to have a hard time really competing for minutes. But the, the best player relative to what he was expected to do and what he had shown thus far was Trey Wade. He was our leading rebounder. He was our leading scorer. Uh, he played like he had a little something to prove, and you know that's what we love. I love guys with tremendous energy and passion and toughness and flying around and securing the ball and knocking down shots and then scoring on second-chance opportunities. And there's a guy on, on top of the experience that the guys in the program gained last year. There's a guy who not only is coming from junior college but played a full year of Division One at UTEP and, and had a pretty good freshman year. There. Yeah, and he was coached by um, Tim Floyd. I mean, the guy, Tim Floyd, obviously a very good coach, coached in the NBA, coached for college for many years. And then Steve Green, the junior college coach at South Plains, is one of the finest junior college coaches in the country. He's won more national championships than any junior college coach ever. I think he's, he's won three. Uh, he's shooting for his fourth which I think would set the record by himself. Um, he's a tremendous coach. So, yes, Trey Wade's been coached. He's not going to hear anything that I have to say that he hasn't already heard. So he's prepared for the combat. He's prepared to get out there and you know, get his hands dirty and do what he needs to do to try to help his team win. We will continue with Coach Greg Marshall from AJ Sports Grill at the Alley in our first Shocker basketball show of the season. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show as we prepare for an upcoming Shocker basketball season. The exhibition game tomorrow night against Northeastern State and the opener a week from tomorrow night against Omaha at Coke Arena. This is the first of three Shocker coaches shows tonight. Keitha Adams to follow to our first women's basketball show with your host Steve Strain. And then I'll be back with Chris Lamb to talk Shocker volleyball to close out the evening. Coach, we, we touched on the fact that last year's team did not shoot particularly well. In fact, it was the worst shooting team that you've had here at Wichita State. Uh, just some thoughts on how this team looks, and certainly I know that's something you addressed in recruiting. Yeah, Mike, it's, um, you know, the, the object, objective of the game is to put the ball in the basket more than the other team does, and um, we struggled to make shots. Um, Tried to run the same offense we had run for many years, and just at some point during this latter part of middle middle of the season, we just said, "Well, number one, we don't pass it well enough, and then if we do, we don't finish it and put it in the basket when we have wide open shots." Or um, I thought we were okay in the post with Jaime and those guys, so we abandoned our motion offense. We went more to a ball screen offense, and we started just keeping those five men in there fresh and setting ball screens and rolling and setting ball screens and rolling. And it seemed to be, that's what kids grow up doing now. They all want to dribble it and instead of pass it, they want to dribble and get a shot. They want to come off a ball screen. That's what they're taught. 
in AAU and in a lot of high school programs. So we stopped fighting it and we just went along with it and it worked a little better. But we just had some bad shooters, uh, even even wide open shots. There was, you know, and I'm not going to name names. You know who they are. You saw the stats and you called the games and it was just probably as excruciatingly painful to watch not being able to just put it in the basket for you as it was for us at times. So um, I think that the offense changing helped a little bit. But again, the numbers didn't dramatically increase offensively. Where we got better was in defending and rebounding. So this year's team, no matter what the shot ultimately becomes, we're going to be able to make it a little better. Now, I'm not going to say we're going to shoot 50% from three or 50% from two for that matter, but we are a better shooting team. It's very evident from the very first time we got together. Now we've got to find out the offensive scheme that fits our personnel the best. You know, you watch some guys shoot, even if they have a reputation as being able to shoot, and you just look at the shot and say, I don't see how that's going in. Eric Stevenson was a guy all last year who in practice and warming up and so forth, it's a good looking shot, but his percentage was not very good for the season. Felt like that had to be a confidence thing and certainly he seems to be a guy that get better. I know Jamarius Burton has really worked a lot on his shot and Dexter Dennis started to show toward the end of the year that he can be a very effective outside shooter. You know, the one thing that Eric struggled with last year, and this is probably not too many people will know this when I say it, and they may go, hmm, you know, they'd have to go back and look at games, but he didn't understand when he was open. If he got caught the ball many times, he should have shot the ball because he's wide open and he wouldn't shoot it. But then he would take one that was contested and off balance and rushed. So consequently, your numbers, your percentage is going to go down. You pass on the really good look, and you take a questionable look. And he's not the only one. There were youth and inexperience causes that. They don't know about the speed and the size that the opposition possesses on the defensive end. So in high school, you could basically shoot just about any time you wanted because you can shake your defender, you can raise up and shoot right over him. But on this level of college basketball, that's not the case. So that's why you try to execute a little offense to give you that open look, hopefully a layup or a dunk or a good-looking wide-open three-point shot. Then you run some offense and, and try to, if it, if it doesn't work in your set play, then you break it down and you try to throw it inside. Let's, again, let's get a high percentage shot. But we didn't do that very well, uh, especially early. And uh, Dexter can obviously make a wide open three. JB was a guy that they kind of played off of last year. They So his defender... They said, okay, shoots 20-something percent from three. We're just going to clog up the lane with his defender. And if he shoots it, we're going to beat him if he shoots 25% from three because they're not going to go to the foul line. And 75% of the time, we're going to go to the other end. 
ultimately that offense that you talked about has been pretty good for you over the years and you're feeling like you can get back to being more typically the type of offensive team that you've been with this group. We're going to try, and, but we also have the, we have the ball screen offense in as well. Um, you know, certain players are better scorers with their back to the basket. Um, uh, Jaime's a little better than Mo, let's say, scoring with his back to the basket. Jaime's a little better, and Poor Bear's really good with his back to the basket. Maybe he's a little better than Asbjorn with his back to the basket. But Asbjorn sets the best ball screen on the team. I mean, when he goes up and plants those two feet, it's like having a small mountain that you have to navigate to go around. And uh, if the guard is patient, he can use that ball screen, and there's definitely going to be some contact. Now, if he leaves uh, six feet between himself and the ball screen, then the defender can just slide right over the top. So you have to teach the patience and the toughness and the strength of those offensive guards, if you're going to use a ball screen, they've got to use it tightly so that there's no room for the defender to wedge over the top of the screen. Now, if he elects to go underneath, then he's giving you the jump shot. And all you have to do is, is rise up and shoot it. And I've talked about this many times over the years. I've, I've always felt like one of your greatest strengths as a coach is that understanding and insistence on those so-called little things, just one step difference here or there, or the way you just talked about coming off a screen and setting the screen. Do you feel like this team is ahead of where they where you were last year on some of those kinds? Oh, of I things? definitely feel like we're way ahead. I mean, we're way ahead in most categories. We really are. But um, that that being said, you know, they just they didn't have a ver they they probably walked into film today thinking, oh, we you know we beat Nebraska, that we we're good, and they're from the Big Ten. Da da da. No, it was not a fun f film session because. I picked out things that were glaring and, and by the end of the film session and then we practiced so well afterwards. And, it's, 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 and I asked them 10 times today, why? Why are we so good today and we weren't so good Saturday? Why? You tell me the difference. And then they just have, they can't, uh, they can't, uh, they don't have a reason. They don't, they can't tell you. So I really feel like we'll play very well tomorrow. And certainly you mentioned also in some of your early news conferences and so forth, you feel like this new group has picked things up a little quicker. And as you said, it's not because they're smarter, but just as it may be some of it having some veteran help as they, as they learn things. I, I don't want to say smarter. I mean, because last year's young men are very, very bright young men. But this group has more basketball IQ. experience. Experience. They've just played on bigger stages and big AAU programs and I mean Grant Sherfield and, and Tyson Etienne and Noah Fernandez and DeAnthony Gordon they played on the big shoe circuits if you will the Adidas or the Nike or the Under Armour they just they were out there and they were I mean I saw Noah for the first time in Peach Jam last year which is the big event in North Augusta, South Carolina. By the way, did you know that South Carolina produces more peaches than Georgia? I did not. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia is called the peach state, but South Carolina produces more peaches. So the peach jam is in North Augusta, South Carolina, right across the river from Augusta. They have the masters. We have the, the claim <laughs> the for the peaches. Jam. Yeah.
right, we will continue with Greg Marshall from AJ Sports Grill at the L. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show. Again, coming up at the top of the hour, Keitha Adams with Steve Strain talking Shocker women's basketball. And then from 8 to 9, volleyball head coach Chris Lambs. We talk about Shocker volleyball. But back to our discussion of Shocker men's basketball, the exhibition game tomorrow night at Coke Arena. And, Coach, you mentioned DeAnthony Gordon's performance in the uh, scrimmage against Nebraska. And one of the days that I was at practice I'd heard a lot and you know, I've seen certainly the, that it's justified. There's been a lot of talk about the freshman guards that you've brought in, but it struck me that the four spot could be a really good position for you potentially when you look at a DeAnthony Gordon. And that particular day you had challenged Poor Bear a little bit and he dominated for a stretch of that practice and Trey Wade there. I mean, you've, you've got some guys that can be pretty versatile in that position. Going into the season, uh, that's obviously the biggest question mark because that's where Marcus played predominantly and of course he rebounded and defended and was our leader and everybody knows what he meant to our team. Um, the five spot we've got, we can almost like the Chinese army, we can kill them with numbers, you know, we have four, four, five men. Um, then we've got the freshman point guards along with JB. Uh, the two, we've got Eric and Tyson Etienne. That's, that's a great combination. At the three, we've got Dexter. JB can play some three. Trey Wade can swing over to play some three. So we're good there. It was just the four that really was the big question mark. And that's why you recruit a junior college player. You, you recruit a need. I mean, we had a need. We had all those minutes, all those points, all those rebounds to replace. And Trey, Trey's looking good. I mean, I'm not saying he's an all-conference player today, but he's a very good player and could eventually be that type of guy. So um, happy with him. Uh, He's very excited. I mean, he, he, he approached Saturday like it was a, a big-time game, and some of the other guys didn't. And, and I had told him, I said, listen, Nebraska's not going to be a great Nebraska team. Uh, Fred Hoiberg has dealt a tough hand, and he's got 11 new scholarship players, and they were signing guys into the summer, and it's just a tough deal. And we had it in the spring of uh, 18. So it's, it's very difficult to do that. Um, and, and that's what happens sometimes with coaching changes. I don't recognize any, you know, and I'm a pretty good, not like you, but I'm a pretty good historian of college basketball, and I like to follow teams, and I like to follow box scores and see some guys that we maybe recruited or knew about and didn't recruit, how they're doing. And so I know some names on that um, last year's Nebraska squad that was a pretty good team, not not good enough to go to the NCAA tournament, cost Tim Miles his job, but um, – I think a couple of them may have gone to the NBA or onto pro basketball like Roby and Palmer and those type guys, but nobody do I recognize. I mean, the entire lot is new. So um, they didn't have much size, and what they did was freshmen. Our guys had a field day on the glass. I think we out-rebounded by 16 or 14 or something like that. But, I mean, we're just shooting layups by pounding the glass. And... Um, they did make some threes. They had a young man, a new player from uh, overseas, a European kid that knocked down, I think, five threes. He shot the ball well. And they had another kid that we tried to recruit, actually. So we were very familiar with uh, Gervais Green, um, and he had a big day for him. He's a big, strong guard. He's a junior college player. But, um, 
you know, it's just we needed to play better. It wasn't about the competition. It was about what we can do and how I want to see our team play. And Tyson Waterman, our assistant coach, um, he's going into his second year, but he has the advantage that he played for me for two years at Winthrop, my first two years as a head coach. And at the end of practice today, I think he summed it up basically. And he just told the guys, he said, listen, what what this exercise was today, this video and this, this practice, it was very short, but it was not not a fun practice. He goes, we're talking about a culture. You guys have to understand the culture. And you didn't exemplify that culture on Saturday. So we're, it's non-negotiable. Coach is not going to back off that. He was like that then. He's going to be like that now. This is non-negotiable. So get with it. Understand that there's too much that we've invested too much time, energy in establishing this culture to perform that way and again it wasn't gross it wasn't bad it just wasn't up to the standards that I was anticipating and I and I thought that was one of the things that was certainly important about last year you recognized kind of what you had from the very beginning and and there were times I know when you wanted to be stronger than you were and backed off a little because of the youth you were dealing with and, and all the other things, but you never lowered the standards. The end result still had to be the same, even if you didn't get on them quite as hard some of the time. Yeah, and, and I, I promise you they weren't expecting that video session today. They walked in thinking they had, you know, taken care of a Big Ten team by double digits and, you know, there's going to be a typical practice. and and. and they, their eyes, their eyebrows were up right, right as we started, and it was just this is this is not what we're going to deal with. And I don't want to get into what we didn't do well because I don't want to help the other teams that have to come in and try to beat us in the next couple of weeks. But if they're smart, they'll they'll see it. Now this Nebraska film will not get out. I hope, but uh, we're not going to send the Nebraska film out, and I hope Nebraska won't either. And I don't think they will. So. Those closed scrimmages are closed for a reason. You know, the coaches know that they can do whatever they need to do and they can work on their deficiencies and we can play everybody. I mean, but in the end, you want to win, but you want to perform well and you want to look like what your team is supposed to look like. And today in practice, that's what we look like. And on Saturday, we didn't in, in certain phases. So we'll, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, this, the ebbs and flows of a season. And I hope I didn't get on them too much today over a, a closed scrimmage, but they got the message. You know, and for those that weren't listening earlier, you mentioned Jaime took a charge and went down and has a fracture in his hand that's going to keep him out for a little while. I know a couple of times you were interviewed in the spring and said that the guy that had impressed you the most, that continued to make strides, was Asbjorn, and he becomes more important than ever now with Jaime out for a little while, and, and you continue to see that development with him. Yeah, I am, and uh, he had a good day today in practice. Um, the one thing I got on him about in in uh, the scrimmage was I actually showed it to him probably five to seven times, going for a rebound with his arms like this. I said, okay, now I, I need you to extend your arms. And he extended them. I said, no, I need you to extend them all the way. I want your shoulders to burn a little bit because they're so high up in the air. So he did, you know, he put his, shoulder, he put his hands way over his head. I go... Now that's how you rebound, and then he, you know, I showed him the one where he alligator armed it during the, the, uh, the scrimmage, and I go, now what were you doing there? What, what, 
explain this to me. And I, I don't know, Coach. I, it looks really bad. I, I don't know why I did that. And I go, well, I, that's what I see sometimes. I want you to go in with your arms outstretched and you've you, you got such force and such immense size. If bodies scatter, they scatter. And no one's going to hurt you. They're not going to break your ribs or anything like that if your ribs are exposed. But I want you to go after that ball like it's a million dollars. And if you can secure it with both hands, you get it. Because ultimately, that's what we're talking about. If he plays basketball at the you know high levels, we're talking millions of dollars that he could earn in his lifetime as a pro. Um, if he becomes a, a, just a, a nasty guy, but he is such a nice kid, and it's just it's very difficult to get him to let loose, if you will. You know, and one of the, that, some of those things you were just talking about, uh, one of the practices I was at that was kind of a point of emphasis was rebounding, and, and Trey Wade was a guy you singled out. You said, you're really playing well. You're doing everything well except you need to rebound, and you mentioned, obviously, he's taken that to heart some. Oh, he, he went and got the ball with two hands and he extends and those ribs are, are, are exposed and, and he's moving from one area to another to go get the ball. And like a Rashard Kelly yeah. type rebounder, not don't just get the ones that come right to you, go get them outside of your area. Be a voracious, you know, people talk about, I'm a voracious reader, <laughs> be a voracious rebounder. All right, we will come back to talk about the upcoming schedule and the Shockers' position in the American Conference right after this. Welcome back to the Greg Marshall Show, and the Shockers taking on Northeastern State from Tahlequah, Oklahoma, tomorrow night in their exhibition game, their one public night exhibition before opening the season a week from tomorrow night and over the course of your tenure here uh, a number of your exhibition opponents have had some kind of personal situation with you somebody you've known from the past certainly that is the case here yeah uh, mark downey is the head coach um, he originally came as the head coach at arkansas tech so this is his second time as a coming in to play us as a division two head coach and a Division II program, but, it, but it's a different Division II program. And uh, he was my, he was the GA on the staff when I was the assistant coach at Marshall University from 96 to 98, prior to me uh, getting the Winthrop head coaching job. And then a week from that, Omaha, that's a team that uh, people should be aware had a pretty good year last year. And uh, they've, they've got Matt Pyle, who's from uh, Goddard, and had uh, Zach Jackson from East High last year. It was their leading scorer. So uh, a little bit of uh, local expert. Brett Barney, who was in your program, played there for a year. Yeah, Brett Barney's kind of given me a little bit of a scouting report. Not too much, because he obviously knows those kids and likes them. The Pyle kid is, is someone that I looked at and liked personally. Um, I couldn't get my staff to, to really pursue him, but he's a tough ball-getting post player, kind of old school, and he's a, he's a load. He's someone that I really think had the, the, the possibilities of playing at this level and, and uh, would have looked good in a Shocker uniform. Earlier start than ever in the history of college basketball. I guess you're ready to play some games. Yeah, with with the way we go now in the summer, Mike. I mean, it's incredible that uh, how much basketball these kids play, and you've got to 
the, the thing that we've got to caution ourselves as coaches now is, is, is practicing too much because we get the four hours a week in uh, June and July, and then they come back to school in August, and we can do it again. We can, and back in the day, October 15th is when you started. So we've, we've played a lot of basketball. We have most of our system in. Now it's a, it's a matter of trying to perfect the system and get these guys to play in a, in a way that Shocker Nation will appreciate and, and, and uh, want to cheer for. Coach, thank you. We look forward to tomorrow night. Thanks so much. Shocker head coach Greg Marshall, Wichita State, with its exhibition game tomorrow night against Northeastern State from Tahlequah, and then the season opener one week from tomorrow. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, it will be our discussion of Shocker women's basketball and their upcoming season with head coach Keitha Adams and your host Steve Strain. And then from 8 to 9, it will be the Shocker volleyball show with head coach Chris Lamb, and that, again, will be our lineup next Monday as well. No shows on the 11th, as women's basketball will take this time slot on the dial for their game at Oral Roberts, and then three shows again on November the 18th. So thanks to all of you for being with us for our first Greg Marshall show. Stay tuned for the first Keitha Adams show coming up next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.